1: Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show where we're not that far away from FetCon. I'll be heading down to that amazing conference next month in Florida. And if you'd like to connect, please let me know. I'd love to meet you. And I can't wait to meet so many of the guests I've had on the show and be part of the fun. We're still doing our fundraiser and appreciate any support you can lend. All the details at bit.ly slash catsuitcon. C-A-T-S-U-I-T-C-O-N, all one word. On today's show, we head to the wilds of the Pacific Northwest to meet an imposing Dom who creates an amazing energy that brings wellness to the forefront. Mistress Raven, owner of the Raven's Nest in Oregon, has been in the sex industry and a dominatrix for over 15 years, as well as owns a business in the health and wellness industry. She believes each modality creates the same outcome, anxiety, depression, and stress relief, just in a different form. When she's not in her office or dungeon, you can find her with her car and her main coon cat, Mistress Gypsy, in search of cheesy roadside attractions, funded by her fin dom slaves, of course. A woman of many faces and the talents to go with them. Mistress Raven, on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. First time you heard the Raven calling your name.
2: Oh my gosh. Um, So I, as a little girl lived in P.L. Washington. Do you know where that is?
1: I'm very familiar with it. Are
2: you really? Oh I used God. to live in
1: Seattle for about 20 years and used to do high school football where I knew where every little town in Washington was. Well, there you go.
2: PL Washington. No one knows mm-hmm. where it is. Um, and we lived in this house. It was a rock house. It was made of rock. I recently actually just went back to it and I didn't think I could find it. I drove right to it. Really weird. But anyway, and it had a water wheel. Um and it was on a hundred and some acres of forest. Like we had a bear that would come to the back that my dad would feed. And my mom's like, you can't feed that bear. I have a twin sister, the girls. uh, right? (laughs) So he did end up killing it, which I don't think is what my mother meant by not feeding the bear. But anyway, I remember all the ravens just all around, all over. It was, I don't know, it was just amazing. And then Um, My heritage, um, you know, the story of the, I don't know if you read my website, the story of the, yeah, the raven. So it just calls to me. I have a sister that lives in Bellingham right now, and she's just like the raven is her spirit animal too. (laughs) So I would say that would be the first. I was probably three.
1: (laughs) First time you ever felt a dominant thought and wanted to act on it.
2: Okay. So, like I said, I'm a twin. Uh, <laughs> I was born first, but um, I was quite a bit smaller our whole entire lives. Uh, my twin was very, very dominant and very um, made it known. Mm-hmm. So I was very quiet, but I always felt like I wanted to dominate her, but I couldn't because she was so much bigger than me. She would literally punch me daily (laughs) before high school. Yeah, we were super close, but there was some weird, weird stuff. But um, later on, um, I just kind of was like, when we moved apart, like out of the house, right? Um, I just let it out.
1: Describe your first kink scene.
3: (laughs) um.
2: Well, the first one would probably be pretty vanilla compared to the ones I do now. (laughs) I do pretty extreme kink scenes. Um, So, it would probably i would i would say that it was probably just like some uh bondage and and using my crop but you know you know when you first start you don't really know what's up and you're like oh i'm gonna hit him with this little tool (laughs) right but now you know i do all the things beat poop whatever
1: First time you ever fin someone.
2: Okay. So this is funny. When you contacted me about uh Fendom, I was a little puzzled because it's not it's not my favorite. And I think it's because on my my love language, my very last one is gifts. Like it makes me uncomfortable.
1: Interesting for people to
2: buy me things. Yeah, so Findom, uh, my girlfriend, Mistress May, was telling me about it a couple of years ago, and like I had heard of it, but it wasn't—it wasn't anything that that I just—it didn't speak to me at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, purposely, on purpose, I would say uh, the end of 2020, like that recent.
3: Hmm.
2: and then of course it's when all when it gets oversaturated right mm-hmm. like i had people um i had slaves subs uh put a roof on my house or um you know gifts and money and all the things but i didn't it wasn't intentionally from me mm-hmm. to them. so intentionally i would say the end of 2020
1: final question in the first five First time you did a scene and realize that it was more about mental health than kink.
2: It would be someone who had a childhood memory about stepping in horse manure Hmm. and wanted to um, relive that. I don't know exactly what the memory, I don't know that he knew exactly what the memory, but we did, we relived it. I went and got horse manure. Uh, We did a whole scene where I put a horse mask on him and I fed him horse manure. I rode him around like a horse. It was pretty intense. And um, the way that he looked at me at the end was so heartfelt. So like, I literally wanted to cry. It was the most outrageous scene ever, but it filled my heart so much. I love him to this day. I think he's he's a wonderful person.
1: That is awesome. And Mm -hmm. when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we're going to go behind the mystique of Mistress Raven when we return.
3: This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at YesMistress.com.
0: Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. I hope you'll support us and support the show by visiting bit.ly slash catsuitcon, C-A-T-S-U-I-T-C-O-N, to see how you can support our efforts in doing in-person interviews, as well as attending conferences and being able to teach kindness and authenticity to some wonderful people. And also, if you get a chance, hop on over to Apple or Spotify and leave the show a rating or review. We'd really appreciate it.
0: We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter. What Women Want Podcast on Instagram. And for our kinky friends on FetLife at podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and other wonderful humans want
1: welcome back to the program joined from the pacific northwest oregon to be exact by mistress raven the thing that i noticed about you when i first saw your postings on social media is you have a larger than life look
2: (laughs) thank you (laughs) <laughs> yours is
1: yours is not a look where you simply go, oh, yeah, that person wants to be a dominatrix. You have almost mythical like looks between your eyes and the way your face is shaped and the amazing hair that you have and the way that you present yourself is power personified. Have you all you've mentioned with your twin, you weren't always that way, but how did that look develop?
2: At outwardly, I always did something different. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think because I wanted to stand out from my twin, um, and she was very prim and proper, right? I'm clearly, <laughs> I clearly don't look that way, um. So yeah, like I remember in middle school, in high school, the big aqua net hair, <laughs> you remember aqua net? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I, used I to went wear... to college
1: in the eighties. I know oh. big hair.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you have to love it. I came across some photos. Uh, not too long ago with um, my best friend in high school and and our eighth grade graduation. And it's so embarrassing, but so I don't know, it's, it's funny and it's, you know, anyway. um, Yeah. So a look, I've always, I've always been different that way. Although um, as uh, probably through high school, I was kind of an ugly duckling. Hmm. Like, I always wanted to be. I wasn't. I wasn't popular, but I wasn't not popular. I was the one that got along with everybody, right? I could go to smokers' corner. Or I could go to you know the cheerleaders or or whatever. But I always. I was never really like that. Oh my gosh, that girl's so cute. I was mm. never her. So after I had my daughter, and lost the baby weight. Oh my gosh, I gained like ninety nine pounds. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pregnant. I'm going to eat chicken fettuccine Alfredo and red hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I just kind of blossomed in my 20s, I think. And, and then everything. Then I started getting tattooed. And then, you know, it all just goes from there.
1: Is there a first time that you looked in a mirror or saw a picture of yourself and said, this is what I always imagined I could be?
2: So in uh, 2010, October 2010, I uh, decided to get sober Mm. and yeah, (laughs) almost 12 years. And so alcohol had been an issue with me, I don't know, since high school, but it really became an issue like the last two years and i think and then and then when i decided to become sober i took up roller derby
0: right
2: which gave me <laughs> gave me something to do because when you stop drinking you have a lot of time on your hands <laughs> people wouldn't really think so but you really do so i started playing roller derby i started getting some confidence back you know and i think that the first time i saw a picture of me Um, from a professional photographer taking of our of our bout our game Mm
3: -hmm. and there
2: was one specific photo that was like I look fucking badass it was pretty I I I still have it hanging up It's, it's just a really good picture
1: there's something about derby photography did you play for Emerald City
2: I did for a little bit. I played for sick town uh, for probably, I don't know, three, four years. And then I came to uh, Emerald City. I I really loved playing for Eugene, but my twin sister, uh, she actually, I moved to Eugene. And then like two weeks later, my sister came down with brain cancer. Hmm. And so while I was playing and working and trying to take care of her, it just it all became too much, and I kept getting hurt because I wasn't, I wasn't in the in the game right. I had all of, although I did play really well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I kept getting hurt because I had too much going on uh, in my mind, and so it just became a thing where I needed to just stop. You know, we don't get paid for that, so I couldn't like break my hand again and then not be able to work my job and making money so but all the girls in in emerald city and uh, are wonderful humans all the humans
1: roller derby is the most empowering sport i've ever come across Mm -hmm. many people know i was a sportscaster for many many years i don't know if i've mentioned it on the show but I actually was an announcer for the World Cup of Women's Roller Derby in Manchester, England.
2: Are you serious? Oh my gosh! And
1: did the final?
2: Did you do well keeping up from offense, defense, offense? It's it's a mind fuck to play and to, to I, I'm sure to announce.
1: I was a sportscaster, so I took my sportscasting background and took it to roller derby. Wow. So I got to work with Rat City.
3: Oh I wow. I got to work
1: with Jet City the year they won the D2 championships. Oh wow. I've worked with Dallas Assassination City and uh most recently was down in Akron and at Little Steel with uh two teams in Ohio. I loved every minute of being a roller derby announcer. Derby hugs are the best thing in the world. Mhm. But I know the dedication that it takes, and it takes dedication from somebody who wants to do it and pays to do it and decides to do it, Mm -hmm. but what it does to empower people who don't think they can do it, it's just incredible.
2: It's absolutely incredible yeah I, I met so many wonderful people in roller Derby and I'm friends with a couple ladies still. and it probably will be I mean, we don't speak every day, but we'll probably be you know we have that that bond um, that you there's just something that you, you know I, you've probably seen shirts or panties or whatever that says uh, roller derby saved my soul. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely the case for me because like I said, I was getting sober. Like I don't know if if I didn't have that, if I would have been able to make it, mm-hmm. honestly. And the support of there's a lot of drinking or to be, but there's also girls that don't, ladies and, and men that don't uh, that don't drink and that will support you in whatever it is that you're trying to do.
1: And when you think you can't do it, they will always tell you that you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember most
2: of of the time there's a couple mean, mean
3: ones. (laughs) There's
1: always mean girls. Yeah. (laughs) But I think of the people that I have met through roller derby. I remember someone who was a shot put champion in the state of Washington and ended up being one of the best jammers there was. And when you saw her, you're going, oh, that's a blocker. No she could um, jam with the best of them
2: was her name um oh my gosh it's escaping me
1: it was anya heels
2: Anya heels okay that's not who i was thinking of but i know mm-hmm. who you're talking about i know who you're talking about i used to have a girl crush on scald eagle in portland <laughs> Woo, the fan girl <laughs>
1: I think everybody has a crush on Scald Eagle.
2: I think so
3: too.
1: <laughs> Here's my story. And unfortunately, we've never been able to air the program because of certain things that happened. But we had Lady Trample on this show. You did. And it's not available because of certain things that had happened. It happened around uh, around the uh covid and going back from new zealand in the united states and we just couldn't get a complete show together
2: oh no but lady
1: trample and i have been friends since she was a rookie with pirate city and she was just out there skating along doing and you could tell she was going to be good <laughs> but oh my lord to watch that woman blossom and see what she would be able to do
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: then to be able to to be an announcer for USA Roller Derby back in uh, the last world the World Cup before last in Dallas and see Bonnie Thunders and Scald Eagle and all those people do such amazing things
2: amazing amazing I'm I'm I think I'm one of those people when it comes to sports that. Or anything really, except for maybe this. (laughs) I don't know. A lot of things. Let's just say a lot of things I'm mediocre at (laughs) Mm. because I try and do too many things Mm -hmm. and I don't focus on one thing to become a master at it, like skating, like, you know, roller derby. Like, I was mediocre. I wasn't like Scald Eagle by any means. Right.
1: (laughs) No. And for those of you who don't know, Scald Eagle, arguably one of the top three players of all time, Lady Trample and Bonnie Thunders being the other ones. Uh, and obviously there are some newer Derby folks than them, but uh, Scald Eagle was with the Rose City Rollers for so many years and made them into a dynasty uh, and then did the same thing at Denver and uh, uh, was pretty amazing there as well. And I nice. am I am lucky to call Scald Eagle amongst my friends. So that's, that's awesome. a really nice thing.
2: That's awesome. I'm a tad jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I met her, but she probably doesn't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that brings to a point that I love to talk about. And I've told you, everything comes off the top of the head on this show. And it's the active listening part where we've just talked about roller derby and we've just talked about Scald Eagle. And you just said, Scald Eagle, so many people must have met her. So many people must have, uh, she can't remember everybody.
2: Right.
1: Scald Eagle is not the same person as the human being that Scald Eagle is. Absolutely. Scald Eagle is a character. Turned up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary is Hillary. Absolutely. Dominatrices have that same situation where people think they are latex clad, leather clad, boot clad 24 <laughs> 7. Yeah. But it's just a part of who you are.
2: Yep. Talk to me a
1: little bit about that (laughs) dichotomy.
2: Well, um, it can be tough. It can be tough, especially online, because um, I own a small business, a vanilla business that I work, right? I can't, to go into, excuse me, this whole COVID voice thing and I cough, (laughs) Um, to go into vanilla, to online doming uh, and then back to, I just can't, it's so fucking exhausting to want to, to, for someone to always want your attention, right, Um, it's one of the reasons my social media isn't clear in the, you know, hundreds of thousands, I don't want it that way because I can't handle the messages I get now. It's too much. It's way too much. And, and, and it, uh, I don't owe my time to anybody, right? Like, I need to have my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck you are because you want me to pee on you. I've never met you, right? Mm-hmm. I want to save my time for my in-person slaves that I have a connection with. That's not to say I don't appreciate those who follow me on, on online. I do, um, I, it just is, it's exhausting, <laughs> let's just say that. So I went off on a little tangent there. Um, when I do DOM work in person, it's on a specific day that I'm not doing vanilla work. I can't get all in latex and boots and you know all the things for half the day, and then get in the headspace to not be that. Does that make sense?
1: Makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah. Does that answer the question? I feel like I went off.
1: (laughs) No, that answers it perfectly, because it does show that the headspace in being a dom, you have to be in the right headspace. I'm going to rewind a little bit And talk about the fact that it's overwhelming all the messages you get. Yeah. The assumptions that men and some women make that you owe them something. Right. Is ridiculous, first of all.
2: Absolutely ridiculous.
1: Second of all, you are not there for their gratification. They are there for yours.
2: 100%. 100%
1: and anybody who introduces themselves and that's how this whole show started was a discussion of dick pics
2: (laughs) i'm making a coffee table book of unsolicited dick pics i'm not even fucking lying you want to send me a dick and i made a post about it from now on if you send me a dick pic you have given me permission to put it in my coffee table book
1: And why guys think that works? Why? (laughs) I have had (laughs) 99% of people I have talked to on this show. (laughs) With the exception of the April Fool's show, where we did an April Fool's show, where both Doms absolutely loved dick pics and wanted you to send them all the time. But it was an April (laughs) Fool's show
2: why do they think it works i don't know i don't know and after here's here's what gets me (laughs) is we've been talking about this for years right we as in the world no woman wants a dick pic if she didn't ask for it now I, if I have a man in my life and we're apart, sure, I'll ask for one. But I don't want to see, I don't want to see your dick. Like, right? Like, you Not
3: me, very dick.
1: impressive anyway. But, <laughs> and I'll just say it. Well,
3: and, then I can be pretty good but at humiliating I two you.
1: <laughs> amazing kids and it did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> but here's something I will say about it. I'm not sexually driven when it comes to kink. Nah. I don't need you to get me off when it comes to kink. I need you to capture my mind, take my body and hold it to where the point where I'm out of control and you can do with me what you believe would create a wonderful moment between us.
2: I've gotten that actually from listening to your podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah, I have I've I actually well I, I believe you've actually said that before. <laughs> so maybe that's why I know it. But well, but you do, but what but the words that you say when you talk to people about kink, it yeah, I can totally see that.
1: So how many of the guys, and I'm guessing some of your slaves actually think about that, but how many of the guys that approach you? Are thinking about the genuine connection that kink can be made, or are they thinking of here's somebody that's going to get me off?
2: I am. Uh, I think that I'm pretty clear in my website on my website about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, like, don't even don't even ask. If if you ask, I'm just not gonna. I, I won't answer. Mm -hmm. Hi, kitty. My cat just came up. Um, (laughs) We love
1: having guests of kitties.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gypsy. Anyway, um, so I don't, I, the actual in-person slaves, I can't say that I recall one just wanting to get off, actually. I just had a session where it was, pretty vanilla as far as what I do. Um, But it still wasn't, the goal wasn't that. It was his first time and he, you know, just had, he was younger, I think 30 or so, just wanting to experiment. Um, But still that wasn't the goal, yeah.
1: Do you have a style that defines you? Because obviously you do a lot of different things. But if there was one definitive domination style that you have, what would it be?
2: So I'm told that I'm the mean one.
1: And your powerful look can play that. I see that.
2: (laughs) I do like a good mind fucking. (laughs) um yeah I do like to humiliate um I do like to do a lot of mind fucking when it comes to being in my room and you know I do have a a full setup and I have all the things but if 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 I can just uh I don't want to use the word kill but kill i guess someone with my words or the look that i
1: give them oh i know exactly what you're talking about there's <laughs> nothing wrong with saying kill just to absolute capture of the mind
2: yeah yeah when you can see that in their in their eyes like oh fuck <laughs> then that makes my uh, heart sing
1: <laughs> really and the beauty of being that out of control and even being a little scared Mm. and feeling as though you're on an edge and you don't know if you're going to go over it. Oh, I've gone
2: over it. I've had three run out of here. Wow. They always come back. They always come back. Uh, One is clear across the country.
1: (laughs) That's a lot of running, Raven. (laughs)
2: I know. But they always come back, and I feel like it makes them think. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Like they may run out of here, but then they go and they think whatever it is that they need to think about inside themselves. And then they come begging back. And then, of course, they pay for running, right? They're going to get punished for that. But I feel like they wouldn't be back. If I didn't give them something they absolutely needed. Mm
1: -hmm. And kink is all about those moments and that connection. Yeah. And all the people who talk about kinky sex, Uh, it's uh -uh. not what it is. Uh -uh. I mean, I'm dying to know what would make somebody run out. (laughs)
2: Uh, Do you want to hear one of the stories?
1: I would like to hear one of the stories because now you have my interest peaked.
2: Um, (laughs) I'm going to talk about... So, without saying a name... um, Of
1: course. Of course. Privacy is paramount.
2: I sat there. So he came... Flew across the country. Uh, We, I had him do a photo shoot with me. Of course, gotta do the photos, right? Uh, We went into my playroom and he lasted 36 fucking minutes. And all it took (laughs) was to sit in front of him while he's up on my cross. I put a metal chair. I sat in front of him, crossed my legs, had my crop, ran my crop up and down his naked body and had a huge mirror behind me and made him stare at himself and say, I don't remember the exact words, but it something happened. He says, I can't do this. I got to get out of here. 36 minutes. Wow. So now what he does. So he came back. Um it was two months ago Um, he was punished 36 times 36 paddles of whatever tool i used 36 times for 36 fucking minutes that he could last and so now every day he is to stand in front of the mirror and say 36 fucking minutes 36 fucking minutes until he comes back next month and then we'll see how he does but it was a mirror (laughs) Just staring at himself in a mirror.
1: I had a scene that I've talked about on this show where, at the end of the scene, there was no bondage, there was no pain, no impact, no nothing. And at the end of the scene, I was looking into my Dom's eyes. And she said to me, what is it you were seeing? And I said, absolute beauty. No. And she said, it's only a reflection.
2: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: That tore me up. I cried. I was
2: just going to ask, did you cry?
1: Unconsolably. <laughs> um, and that's why... And I'm wondering if this guy saw himself in the mirror and was scared of who he saw because that's what he wanted to be. And he saw it come true in front of him. And maybe that just scared him.
2: Maybe. Like, we've had multiple conversations about it, of course, that I'm not going to divulge. And and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that he... Reflected on, um, but the 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 thing about it is it and just like with you looking into her eyes and and what she said and um, it's not even purposely mind fucking right, but something happened where it just tore you apart right and same for him. That's a very good observation as far as you know his reflection
1: mm-hmm. yeah. when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want i want to talk a little bit about the look of mistress raven because it just kind of <laughs> caught me by surprise and i'll tell you why when we come oh. back <laughs> <laughs>
2: by surprise by
1: surprise <laughs> realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful a Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Have you ever had the joy of being wrapped up in a cocoon of spandex, where the idea of movement can only be fantasy? It is amongst the most beautiful feelings ever. That feeling of that tight material, hugging every part of you. Well, our friends at Winter Fetish want you to experience that sensation and are offering listeners of our show 10% off spandex sleep sacks when you use the code wwwspandexsleeps and you will help the show as well with your purchase. I dream of being zipped up and held in one of these amazing sleep sacks and I think you'll enjoy it too. Enter the code wwwspandexsleeps at checkout when you visit winterfetish.com. Pleasant dreams.
0: Hello all you dear listeners of this amazing show. My name is Anya, and I also have a podcast called Sexual Alchemy, and I would love for you to come discover what we're doing over in my little sliver of the world, talking about sex, our paths to figuring out our most authentic expressions, unshaming all aspects of it, and generally just creating community around people who want to explore whatever their most authentic sexual expression is. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you reach out. And I hope you become part of my little community that I love so much.
1: Join Anya for Sexual Alchemy and listen to my episode. It was an amazing interview. Sexual Alchemy with Anya, available where you get your podcasts.
0: Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want.
1: Here is what caught me by surprise when I first saw pictures of And it's because of my own taste. You are not the typical latex clad dominatrix. You have a look about you that uses a lot of your natural skin, which has this beautiful tone to it.
3: Thank you. And it
1: creates a unique look that's just yours.
2: Yeah, I spend a lot of time and money (laughs) on my tattoos, for one, right? I don't want to cover them up. While latex is cool, like a full latex suit is cool, and I have some latex, a pain in the ass to get in, Mm -hmm.
3: right?
2: (laughs) Um, I would just prefer to find items that... um, I would like my tattoos to be my outfit and then the the clothes that I put on um to accent that
3: mm-hmm.
2: like those are the clothes are my accessories I guess now that I walk around naked by any means but um, you know I don't I don't put on full full gear
1: is there a certain influence whether it be cultural or design wise For your outfits because they almost look a little (laughs) viking-like meaning it's something that you would expect to see in an epic movie and there you are the queen and it's oh my gosh this is the person who's in charge
2: that's right i'm in charge (laughs) motherfuckers bow down (laughs) um yeah, I mean, what's funny is I have never watched Game of Thrones. Hmm. Have you watched Game of Thrones?
1: I have not.
2: I haven't. But um, people have said it. My 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 look kind of goes Game of Throny. Is that a word? Game of Throny.
1: It'll work for me,
2: <laughs> I guess. Um, I think though that I don't really have. It's not like I'm purposely um, going for. That sort of of look. I think it just, again, it's just something that I pick out to accent my body.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And the hair. (laughs) Yes. You cannot miss the hair.
2: Yeah. You know, I got a lot of shit on Twitter for my hair. Uh, I I get blocked all the time. For your hair? Of my hair. Um, they uh, and and here's the thing. It is mostly, with the exception of one little gals from the south, little white gals from the south. <laughs> no idea of my cultural background whatsoever,
3: right?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they say that I am being culturally disrespectful and. Native Americans lock their hair. That's what they do. I don't call these dreads. I actually made a post about it on Twitter because I let it bother me at first because Mm -hmm. I only got online the end of 2020. Like I kept all of this, all of my sex work stuff. It was a secret. Like Mm -hmm. I held it um, inside. Very few people knew even sometimes in my relationships, it's probably the the downfall of my relationship, right? Um, But at the end of 2020, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go out there, I'm just gonna do it. So I was not prepared for some of the backlash um, that I received as far as my look um, on Twitter specifically. Um, But, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody whatsoever, Um, I'm just being me.
1: The Native American references that are on your website, and I lived in Seattle for many years and find that I can't pronounce most of them, I could say Puyallup, that's about it. (laughs) Puyallup? But that heritage is very important to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As it should be, right? Um, Although I'm a mix of a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. and they don't seem to be as important. I think it's because my mother was very... Uh, she liked to go to powwows and she, you know, our house was always decorated in Native American things. I have some beautiful artwork from uh, Henry Peter. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. Oh my gosh. He's colorblind. And these paintings are all primary colors of beautiful mm-hmm. Native American men and women and just gorgeous. But um, anyway, I'll just say, um, my dad has Irish in him. I'm not over here doing Irish things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something specifically. I guess um, again, it could have been my mother, but yeah, it's it is important.
1: And people in the Deep South have no idea yeah. the love for the Native American culture in the Pacific Northwest. Nobody right. does.
2: No, you know, it's um, like my tattoos. I'm not Asian. My daughter is my daughter's Japanese. Hmm. Uh, My body is full of, um, of cherry blossoms and bamboo and a Siddhartha and Koi, you know, ravens. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not me being disrespectful to her culture. That's me. I feel and the same with this right here. I feel I'm embracing that.
1: It's a celebration of it.
2: Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely
1: and being able to celebrate who you are, especially if it's a beautiful rainbow of things. Oh my gosh, that's the best. I'm about as boring as as you can get. I'm Swedish, (laughs) German, and English. You know, that's that's just plain boring. (laughs) But my grandmother on my dad's side, full-blooded Swedish, five foot ten as a woman, and we're talking in the Late 1800s, early 1900s. Wow. Which explains why I'm six foot four.
2: (laughs) You're six foot four.
1: I'm six foot four. Wow. That's (laughs) tall. And in heels, I'm never mind.
2: (laughs) I'm not even six foot more in heels.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But in roller skates, you might be close. I might be. So please tell our audience the best ways to get in contact with you with respectful messages, of course, and also how they can follow you on social media.
2: Um, Twitter and Instagram at uh, MistressRavenFD. I just got a new TikTok. (laughs) 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 I'll be banned soon, I'm sure, because I've already had four warnings, but... (laughs) I uh Queen Raven FD on TikTok. Then I have Link Tree, Mistress Raven, FD, and then ravensdomination.com is my website.
1: And that's a beautiful website. You have Thank to go you. check it out. So I many made that deep-
2: myself. I spent a lot of time on that. Well done you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Talented with a keyboard as well. <laughs> Mistress Raven, what an absolute pleasure visiting with you today. And uh, let's keep in touch because I love your spirit. That's for darn sure.
2: And maybe we'll see each other in Florida.
1: That could be fun. <laughs> I remember our first email conversations when we set up this show, and I have not had a guest so engaged in wanting to make sure our show was a success. She even promoted our fundraiser. I can't thank Mistress Raven enough for her kindness and support. Next week, another pair of people who are so supportive to me. They are the Slut Sisters. Anya, the host of Sexual Alchemy, and Cuckoldress Scarlet, an accomplished writer in her own right. Together, they are beginning a movement of sisterhood that I know you will be interested in knowing about. And coming up in two weeks, our second on location show direct from the Ohio dungeon of the one and only temptress, the temptress Raven Eve, the nationally famous dominatrix and content producer invites us into her very special place for what promises to be a fantastic interview. Truth be told, I'm a little scared. Maybe that's good. That'll do it for this week. I'm John. Always known as Hi There Catsuit, thanking you for being with us. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always.
0: What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram. And for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky, done differently.